My dear progressives, we are gathered here today to discuss this thing called Tennessee. This is Rome with the Tennessee Progressive League. I thank you for joining me. Um, I am going to apologize for the lateness of this podcast. I had to re-record it. Uh, Did a session and listened back to it, and apparently there was a scratching sound throughout it, so I had to junk it, and here we are. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and basically just jump right into it. Um, I don't know if you guys are aware, but Tennessee has made the national news again. Uh, Once again, for a reason that I don't think is great. I'm sure most people don't that are progressive. Um, Are you familiar with the graphic novel Mouse? If you're not familiar with the graphic novel Mouse, uh, the McMinn County, Tennessee school board today or not today, rather, but this uh, session has decided that they're going to ban it from the curriculum. And I know a lot of people have been saying, well, that's not actually banning it. You can still have access to it through the library or whatnot, but banning it from the curriculum means it cannot be taught, which means its message cannot get out in a expounded way with discussion throughout the classroom. Um, And there's various themes in that book that are found specifically in that book. Um, I know, and I I hate that I don't know the name to give this person credit, but uh, I had read where someone had said that being a Jewish person, one of the things that strikes them about most of the books that have been proposed to replace Mouse is the fact that they're told from the perspective of a good Gentile, like trying to save people, And one of the things about Mouse is it was told specifically from the perspective of the Jewish people that were victim to the atrocity. Um, And, you know, that that viewpoint does help to generate empathy as well as sympathy. So that's definitely something that should be valued. Um, It's really it's really interesting because I know one of the groups that was spearheading getting various books pulled from curriculums was a a group called Moms for Liberty. And uh, the one I've seen is representing Middle Tennessee. But, you know, it's, it's, it's very telling how people use these words because when people say, you know, they're Moms for Liberty, you're not going to assume they're making a move to ban a book or have a book stricken from the curriculum. You would think that they're trying to advocate broad, diverse discussion, right, for liberty, Um, you know, the liberty to think differently or the liberty to discuss issues and themes that go into our society, Um, but apparently not. I don't really think that it's a surprise, especially when you look at the makeup of the population of McMinn County. Um, I mean, I would say it's probably a closed-minded society, and whereas that might be taken as an insult, I think if you then broke down the values of that society, they probably don't value diverse opinion. I mean, if you look at the school board, it's 10 people. Um, I didn't see anyone that was not Caucasian. So, I mean, if that's the school board, that sort of gives you the idea of the mind state in this place. You're not really going to have that many people with, quote unquote, different experiences 
um, seemingly from the face of it. So it's going to be, it's going to be something that you see more and more of as you have these communities that are, you know, homogenous, basically, they're going to not necessarily see the value of a outside viewpoint, um, especially if they feel like that outside viewpoint might then engender someone to go against the political values that they hold dear. And I'm pretty sure if you looked it up, it'd be a, a pretty solidly red, red area of the state that is pretty solidly red itself. Um, so yeah, that's what that's the that's the big national story. But that's not the only national story. There's another national story, and that story is revolving around police shooting. Um, this shooting took place, I believe, in Nashville, or at least around Nashville. And it was a obviously mentally disturbed person. And I say obviously because this man had a history of the police being called because of him having pretty much mental breaks. Now, what I find very interesting about this is this is not a person of color that this happened to. Uh, this is a white male, Landon Estep, 37. And basically he was killed because he had a box cutter. Now, the reason I bring up this is not a person of color, this is a white male, is the fact that we as a community have been having a conversation specifically around Black Lives Matter in regards to the police um, disproportionately killing unarmed Black people. Um, adverse interactions with law enforcement that seem to be premeditated on the fact that this is a person of color having this interaction, setting the tone for how this person would be dealt with. Now, you can make the argument that it has nothing to do with race, but the statistics would not really bear that out as far as the amount of drug use is you know relatively equal among the races but then you see who gets arrested for drugs uh things of that nature but what i want to point out in this story is this is this is like i said a, a 37 year old white male killed by police but even though he's a white male he also fits into another category that is often um disproportionately impacted by the way police operate in this day and age. And that is people that are not mentally well, people that are dealing with mental issues um, because the way the system is set up to operate with law enforcement, you know, more often than not, these people have no training on how to deal with someone that has mental health issues. But I also would wonder why nine different officers shot this man not one of them pulled out a taser not one of them you know shot in a way where like okay let's let's shoot him in the foot or something of that nature i can understand if he did have a gun that he was aiming a gun possibly where you would have to take the shot of like okay we just have to aim to pretty much kill at this point 
in order to protect others. But it doesn't seem from, you know, the video and the information that's been released, that was the situation here. Um, it almost seems like it's just a perpetuation of the callousness in which, you know, officers will, will shoot people in this day and age. Um, that's something Tennessee definitely is going to have to look into. And once again, it's not the only incident of the police in Tennessee killing someone. Um, another Tennessean was killed. Now, this one's a little bit, well, not a little bit. This one is is completely not understandable, um, so much so that the victim, uh, the daughter of the victim is actually retaining a lawyer, you know, looking into possibly taking action. Um, so basically what happened is a man's family called in regards to getting a welfare check. Uh, welfare check from the police basically to check on him they hadn't heard from him you know whatever the case may be um request the police to go do you know a home home check just to make sure he's okay so the police arrive and when the police arrive they have an uh less than amicable interaction with the uh the man in question now, nothing that they said, nothing that was released has said that this man, you know, pulled a weapon or anything of that nature. Um, basically, they said that the man in question was not cooperative with law enforcement and then basically left the home and was going to get in a car. And apparently, as the man was leaving, he got into an altercation with an officer that ended with shots being fired. No officers were injured in the incident. So you go to this man's house to do a welfare check um, without knowing, you know, what they're asking. It seems like once you do the welfare check and make sure like this person is alive and well, I mean, at that point, it's done, right? Like, what what else are you having to do? Are you having to do some sort of mental health evaluation? And if that's the case, are the, you know, police officers that patrol the, the Jefferson County Sheriff's Office, rather, or White Pine Police, are either of these groups, like, able to make a mental health evaluation? And if they're not, I mean, I, I don't understand how it got to the point that it got to. You know, obviously, as more details come out, you know, hopefully a more clear picture will, will form. But this is a man whose family, you know, were concerned for him for whatever reason. I don't think that's been released either. But, you know, they requested the police, you know, just go check on him. And now this person is dead. Like this person is no longer alive specifically because they had an encounter with the police. I don't really know any other way to phrase that. I mean, that's what happened. They requested him or they requested uh, someone to go do a welfare check and then he's dead. Um, it's, we really have to just change the way we think about policing altogether in order to avoid outcomes like this. Like maybe we have a situation where instead of police, armed police doing welfare checks, we have uh, 
you know, a police officer and a social worker or, you know, someone able to de-escalate in a, uh, a situation because it doesn't make any sense how, you know, someone without a weapon that you're literally going to ensure they're safe after they have their interaction with you, not only are they not safe, you know, they're no longer alive. So those are the three big takeaways for the week. Um, and if you guys want to check it out, uh, the the man that was in Dandridge that was killed, uh, the article is on um, WVLT, and uh, the name of the uh, the man that was killed is, excuse me, Floyd Woody. Uh, he was 68. And so basically that's there if you'd like to read up about it some more. Um, and then also the case of the man in Middle Tennessee that was killed by uh, the police. In both cases, you know, it doesn't seem like they would have to take the life of that person. Um, and the one in Middle Tennessee, excuse me, his name was Landon Eastep. Um, so we, we should definitely look at that and see, you know, what's going on with policing in this country. But now I hope people will be more aware of it, that it's happening to people who are not people of color or necessarily from a marginalized group. Although in both instances, you have someone with, um, in Mr. Eastup, you have someone with documented cases of mental health issues. And then once again, we don't know what was happening in the other case, but they did request someone to go do a welfare check. So you would think with Mr. Woody, you know, there was reason to believe something wasn't right. Um, but still not a reason why either one of those men should should now no longer be with us. Um, oh, one other thing that I guess should be discussed. Rep. Jim Cooper is retiring. Um, he represented Nashville. He pretty much was a centrist Democrat. Um, I think he'd probably be proud of that. A blue dog Democrat, which was supposed to be fiscally conservative and socially liberal. Um, I as a progressive, you know, find that a lot of times um, centrist Democrats could possibly even be more to the right than you would think anyone that was a Democrat would be. But I mean, I'm pretty sure Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema would see themselves as centrist Democrats. Uh, Joe Manchin would also be a blue dog Democrat as well. So, I mean, he is leaving. Um, and it is because of the machinations of the Tennessee Republican Party. You know, they've definitely switched uh, the districts. They've gerrymandered it. But that's something they have the right to do because they keep uh, getting elected to these Tennessee House positions. And really, it's because so many of these districts have nothing but right wing representation. Um, so much so that the moderate right wing person becomes the de facto, the de facto bad guy. So the guy that's to the right of him becomes the good guy, in which case then you get these extreme policies that get proposed and sometimes even passed in Tennessee. Um, for instance, the um, 
the uh, Republican proposed legislation to drop the concealed carry permit down to 18 years old. Like that's that's definitely a Republican policy and might pass because you have all these small little rural areas that elect nothing but Republicans. So, and that's another reason why they want to break up the fifth district because it represented Nashville and the more metropolitan areas, it's going to be more diverse and surprise, surprise tends to go democratic. The more homogenous areas in Tennessee, surprise, surprise tend to not be democratic strong strongholds, but um, I do thank you guys for uh, tuning in today to listen to me talk about some progressive issues, progressive happenings in Tennessee. Uh, Governor Lee has his state of the state tonight, so I'm sure it's going to be you know pretty self congratulatory. But I will be listening. Uh, if you do have any um, thoughts or ideas, once again about improving the podcast, having people on different progressive groups in Tennessee that we could try to work with. Please let us know. Um, check us out on all the social medias, uh, Tennessee Progressive League. We should be on there. And um, until we got talk again, you know, I, I look forward to getting feedback from you guys out there about uh, what we can do to try to, you know, stem this regressive wave that's uh, seemed to be inundating Tennessee right now and try to bring it towards a more progressive future. Hey, I appreciate your time, guys. This is Rome with Tennessee Progressive. Hope you have a great day.